Uh, we do have, uh, I believe, all our presenters here now to be able to answer questions. I might start it off here with, there is a rootworm uh, question in the chat. What class of chemistry would you recommend for adult control? Um, so one of the products that I have seen, I think, some pretty good results with in some of our trials and some of the work that we've done is Steward, which has more recently come out as labeled for corn rootworm. Um, Prevathon would be another one. Prevathon is quite good for western bean cutworm as well. Um, these are two of our newer modes of actions for insecticides. Um, and those are ones I would encourage folks to check out. I know that they are a bit more expensive. They are going to be more expensive than some of our pyrethroids, but I would encourage them as part of a, a rotation for um, adult rootworm and for western bean cutworm control as well. Um, and then the other question uh, on rootworm here is that some growers will try to control the larvae, which is usually ineffective with chemigation, anything that will work. So I believe that's referring to what might be sort of called a rescue treatment is that um, you know, in the first half of the season, folks would put some product through the, chem through the pivot with the idea that that product could get down into the soil and get to the larvae there. I I'm gonna agree that that is often not effective, that that, you know, you're, you're really, you're moving through a lot of soil to try to get to the larvae. At that point as well, the larvae are really feeding on the roots and they can be quite protected. They even can move into the root itself, and it can be very difficult to reach them. You know, I would say that um, going into the season with some idea of what your pressure might be, based on having scouted for adults in the previous year, is really going to be important. Then you can go into that situation knowing, hey, I need to put down something at plant, or I need to make sure that I am purchasing a seed hybrid, a corn hybrid that has the appropriate BT traits, that has that CRY3-4 protein in it that's going to give me my best protection. Um, you know, I think that that's difficult. It's really difficult to do a rescue. It's really difficult to wait until you're at, you know, V4, V5, and you're like, oh gosh, now I'm in trouble. Um, that I think that early planning and being aware of what kind of pressure you had there the previous season from scouting is going to be important, um, important in that, in that scenario. Um, think, do we have any questions for Darren um, on the, uh, ir the hybrid nitrogen irrigation? If there's not anything that pops up in the chat, I, I had a question and I'm just maybe not as familiar with these uh, dwarf, semi-dwarf hybrids. Is there anything else you could tell us about that, about like advantages possibly or disadvantages there with, with that approach? Yeah, thanks Julie. So to be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure on some of the genetic differences. I do know that it is an initiative that is kind of rolling out through bear crop science and I believe that they're actually grown down in South America and so we have two of I believe five sites um, so some colleagues at CSU and then also some of their internal sites and so I think what they're really looking at is these shorter um, 
based hybrids, how are they going to perform and stand up to these very water limited and even nutrient limited conditions? And then how does it match up to some of the machinery and equipment that we use here in Great Plains? Thank you for the question. Thank you. Let's see. Oh, we do have another question. All right. Um, for Darren, how big do your plots need to be to ensure that the conventional hybrids are not actually shadowing the dwarf hybrids? That's a, yeah, interesting question there. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, that's a fantastic question. And so usually we would like to have enough spacing and it also depends on how many rows we're wanting to sample. So in this case, we're gonna target a little bit more of the center part. Um, I would say probably from our experience, at least two rows, um, we have noticed that there's quite a bit of difference in height, especially at the grant location as compared to what we've seen the last couple of years here in North Platte. Um, but I guess with everything in all of our experimental layouts, whether it's um, shadowing effects of height um, or uh, um, our irrigation buffer that's required, we try to size that in. And in our case, most of the time we're using more production scale equipment, such as our precision planter. And so we have the ability just because we need to plant that many rows and just focus our actual data collection in the center of that. Thank you. Um, Strahinia, I maybe kind of a similar question. Um, advantages of being able to grow spring wheat in Nebraska when we've really focused so much on winter wheat in our hybrid, uh, in our uh, crop rotation scenarios, or disadvantages? Well, they're uh, totally, well, they are both wheat species, but they're totally different crop. Uh, I mentioned early in my presentation, wheat is mostly uh, grown in a wheat corn fallow where you know, you're having a good yield of two crops in three years, whereas this is more to break out the co uh, continuous corn cycle. I think farmers can get creative a little bit to the point where, you know, they can play with rotations and come up with all kinds of different rotations, but th those are kind of main too. So they fit differently in rotation, therefore they're going to bring a different benefit. So you're comparing corn to corn to three years of corn and then one, one year of um, spring wheat versus winter wheat, it's a totally different uh, Totally different. I think it would be nice if guys that want to switch to corn on corn or continuous crop rotation um, do that slowly, uh, leave some of the acres uh, wheat corn fallow, we know, and then move to continuous crop rotation, continuous corn on the other parts of the field. Maybe that will be the balance, how they would balance each other out. They're, like I said, different crop. They have different futures. Um, spring wheat is usually uh, you, you can get more money per bushel, so they're priced better. Um, about half a dollar to about dollar point two uh, to what I've been following. Um, that's a difference. Maybe take it an average of one dollar more on a futures market than it is winter wheat. But, uh, and then it has more protein. So it, it has certain advantages to marketing, but we don't have anything local yet. So you're gonna have to find that marketing opportunity. What was really interesting from that nitrogen study was that, um, you know, you would get 
uh, half a yield with as much nitrogen you put out there. <laughs> so winter wheat will make, will take two pounds of nitrogen for a bushel, whereas spring wheat will take 3.5 to make a bushel. So you're going to be fertilizing a lot for half as yield uh, for winter wheat. And um, it's just a different crop. Uh, finding crop insurance is going to be harder. You're going to have to have written agreement and marketing opportunities are different. We got to do protein and baking and milling qualities to really know what millers and bakers want. Uh, and, you know, I would just advise guys to try it out, but not to go crazy and wait for more information. Thank you. Do we have any other questions um, for our panelists here? Um, well, we have up on the screen now, just wanted to say thank you again to our sponsors and our donors. Thanks to everyone for participating, our presenters, as well as all of our guests today. And thank you again for your patience as we work through some of our technological issues. Um, there will be a short survey coming out um, from us in the next week. And it would just be very helpful if you all would be able to fill that out and complete that by September 10th so that we can hopefully build and um, improve these sorts of virtual learning opportunities for you all. All right, thank you guys so much and I'll go ahead and end the meeting.